Hey, football fans, are you an Amazon Prime member? Did you know that you can watch NFL football live on Prime Video? That's right, it is the future of football. You can catch all the action on any device almost anywhere in the world. You can choose your favorite announcer, including Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, or Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah from Move the Sticks, or Chris Long and Carrie Champion from NFL Next. Get next-gen stats and watch in-game replays on demand all within Prime Video's X-Ray. Next-gen stats are real-time stats powered by AWS. No more waiting around. You can access the current stats anytime. Need to check how your fantasy player is doing? This is the ideal way to stay up to speed. In-game, on-demand replays are accessible on your remote on Fire TV or by turning your mobile device sideways. Catch the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills this Monday. Kickoff is 5 p.m. Eastern on Prime Video, also available on Fox and NFL Network. NFL Network simulcast subject to change. Presented by Bud Light Platinum. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right, we got big running back news. Oh, is it big running back news? It's going to screw over some fantasy managers when Le'Veon Bell ends up on a new team. And should you be adding LaMichael P. Ryan or Frank Gore? And we're going to tell you who to buy low on, who to sell high. Talk about some players that are, that are rostered in basically every league, but fantasy managers aren't sure if they should start them or not. Adam Azer with Heath Cummings and Ben Schrager. And if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash today. We are apparently getting ready for like the Chiefs game that's not happening on Thursday because we are all, we're team red today. It's weird. We're color coordinated and it's making me uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable for me because I've been um, streaming Handmaid's Tale with my wife. And so it's... I don't um, know what that is. I feel super strange. Is that what they call um, it these days? Uh, yeah, that's... that's So <laughs> that's a good start to the show, guys. <laughs> Hi, Ben. Hey, uh, we're rocking Alabama Crimson Tide colors, maybe? Let's, 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 let's start over. I, Waivers ran last night. Did you guys chase Claypool? Uh, I didn't see. Uh, I did not. I don't even think I put any bids on him because I knew I wasn't going to get him for like five dollars. Bids did not work. Um, I've got an ethical question for you. If oh. I wrote in um, the wide receiver preview that um, most leagues I was going to put about 20% on Chase Claypool, but I had a couple of undefeated teams where I was weak at wide receiver, and I would go up to a third of my fab in those leagues. And the person who edited that piece (laughs) won Chase Claypool for 34% last night. (laughs) How would you feel about that person? Oh, my God. That that person's smart. Very sneaky. Very Chris Towers sneaky right there. That's funny. But the joke's on him. I mean, he dropped Cole Beasley for Chase Claypool and uh, for $34. I, I think that's that was way too much for me. Well, we'll see. I guess we'll f- figure out who I the bid 27 because I was actually bidding 33% of what I had left. I had 81 left. So I just, we don't know. It could be a complete waste of money. But I think there's like a 20 to 30% chance that he's the number one wide receiver for Ben Roethlisberger the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then he's probably a top 15 receiver. Yeah, that's the case. Then uh, he's certainly worth 30% of your budget. 
Um, so yeah, that's very good by Chris Towers to get him for thirty four dollars. He went mm. for like twenty twenty eight. I don't know how much in our podcast league, but not too much for me. But uh, it was not the most uh, exciting waiver wire night. But then Michael Pirine and Frank Gore became options here. Let's talk about the Le'Veon Bell news. The Jets released him at Miami this week. Uh, you know, is he good? Well, just this is from ESPN. According to next NFL Next Gen Stats, Bell's problems weren't strictly a product of a middling offensive line since the start of last season. He has produced 110 rushing yards below expectation given his blocking. The fourth, the fourth worst mark in the league behind Devontae Freeman, Peyton Barber, and Todd Gurley. Now, I suppose the more carries you get, the more opportunities you have to be below expectation. But uh, that's true. I mean, he's been bad. It's funny because two of the three guys on that list, we were talking about how they looked pretty good last week. Um, yeah, but they true. have been definitively bad since the beginning of last year. Um, so I think it's a lesson in. Yeah, that's probably a pretty true measure of you've referenced that Le'Veon Bell's not been particularly good, but it also does not preclude someone from looking better at some point this season. And it's possible and I wouldn't ever accuse someone of not giving their all. I always give my 110% whenever I come on the, these airwaves. <laughs> it's possible that playing for the New York football jets and being coached by Adam Gase, Le'Veon Bell didn't, um, didn't give 110%. Maybe it was only 105%. Maybe that extra 5% will push him over the top when, uh, when the walrus comes calling. Well, do you think Le'Veon Bell will end up having more fantasy value than either Frank Gore or LaMichael Pirine? I think the odds are yes, because I think Gore will dominate carries and not do much with them. And Pirine could have a role. And if he has a role, he could grow it into a big role and it could be great, but that's all I could, could, could. I think if Le'Veon goes somewhere where he can catch passes, he can be a high floor flex play, but he needs to be somewhere. I think like Chicago, where they're actually going to throw the ball to him. I would rank them Le'Veon P Ryan Gore. I agree with that. Okay. So you're, you're, if you're making a waiver claim, you're going for P Ryan instead of Gore. And it's just on a hope, but like what you're adding Frank, you're not going to sit Frank Gore on your bench. What's the purpose of having Frank Gore on your bench? Uh, If if his role is the same, there's something to be said for having 60 yards and and a chance to score a touchdown. If his role is the same as it was when Le'Veon Bell missed these last three games, Gore was like getting, you know, 15 ish carries and not doing much with them. Yes. That's there is, especially in deeper leagues, that has some value. Um, yeah. I would rather have the guy who, and I think like Le'Veon, it'll be interesting to see how much. And this is again not anything questioning him, but I don't. Nobody's going to offer him a starting job. No one's going to offer him more than a minimum deal. I don't think. Maybe an incentivized minimum deal. He's made a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And I believe I read he has a $6 million bonus that's already been earned that is paid out tomorrow. Uh, um, he's due $6 million rest of the season. The Jets are on the hook for that, my, I think, minus whatever he signs for next year. But, um, yeah, he's, he's he's made a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> or Whatever so he I, signs for rest of the season, sorry. Like, I don't know that he's going to be in a big rush to go join a football team. 
Uh, by the way, looking, I haven't refreshed this page since yesterday. I was looking at the just offensive stats. The Jets going into last night's game had scored fewer points in five games than the Titans had in three games. So they are the lowest scoring team in the NFL. All right, so who is Le'Veon Bell going to screw over? The Bears and the Chiefs seem like two destinations that many people are discussing here. And, yeah, I don't want him to go anywhere for selfish fantasy reasons. I'd like for him to not screw up David Montgomery. I'd like for him to not eat into Clyde Edwards-Elair at all. Um, so, sorry, that sounds mean to Le'Veon Bell. But I think a lot of fantasy managers are just like, no, go away from that backfield. I have that player on my team. I don't want this. Ben, where do you think Le'Veon Bell would end up? I think he ends up in Chicago, but another team to throw out there is Miami. Uh, he lives in Miami. They don't really have much of a rushing attack. It would hurt Miles Gaskin because he's going to get passing work, but I think Miami's another option. I think he goes to Chicago, though. Yeah, the Chiefs would probably be my first guess. Um, Chicago's a fine guess as well. And I would throw the Chargers in the mix. It was nice to see Justin Jackson get the lead work, and he did have one long run, but they both, Jackson and Joshua Kelly, looked pretty miserable in that game against the Saints. And I, Austin Eckler's injury, like he's going and getting second opinions. It sounds like the hamstring came clean off the bone. Um, I we, we don't have any idea when he's going to be back. Okay, uh, last question here. Do you think Le'Veon Bell will be... I mean, do we need to hang on to him? You know, Here's the thing. If he landed in Chicago, I would be vomiting if he was on my roster and probably wouldn't end up dropping him. Right. If he landed in Kansas City, though? Really? You, you think they yeah. would give him enough work? Or you think he would like supplant Clyde there, Edwards? There's either? just no telling what would happen. They might be looking for a short yardage back. Maybe they they might. I, I mean, there's just there's not. I don't. I don't so hang on. To, but I just it it'd be the possibility if he landed with the Chargers. Like, there's a chance he could go to the Chargers and just get 20 touches in a week. All right, yeah. So let's hang on to Le'Veon Bell. Let's see what happens here. I, I I'm not. I think it's a real risk to buy low, but uh, I guess it could work out. No, I'm not. I'm not suggesting someone go give up something on their team for him. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, more news. Dal- Dalvin Cook likely out this week facing Atlanta. Then they have a bye. He has an adductor strain. And uh, we love Madison, so pick him up. Well, it's too late probably. Uh, Atlanta defensive lineman Marlon Davidson tested positive for COVID. Though this does not mean that there's going to be an outbreak, but obviously we have to keep an eye on the Falcons and that game against Alexander Madison and Minnesota. Uh, ben, what are we promoting today, young Ben? The old Saturday mailbag. Leave a five-star review on Apple. We'll most likely get your question answered on the Saturday mailbag. It'll be Adam. It'll be Frank Stample. Maybe even Jamie will stop in for that Saturday episode. So go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. If you've already left one already, you could still leave one again. Leave your question, and we'll try to get it answered on that Saturday episode. Okay, it's time for email of the day number one at fantasyfootball.cbsi.com. This comes from Sean. With the blatant pass, the line of scrimmage pass that was not overturned at the end of the game, I, the A.J. Brown manager, lost by 2.1 points to the Jonu Smith manager with that fraudulent pass. Do I have a case to petition the commissioner for common sense adjustments to scoring? 
<laughs> what? Did you see the Jadu oh. Smith touchdown catch? Yeah. Ryan Tannehill was like five yards past the line. It's which is one of the worst calls I've ever seen. I I no, I disagree. I think he was probably by we, a we, yard and a half or two yards. Inc- and incredibly, this still happens every week. But we didn't have a camera angle that showed straight down the seven yard line where the where the marker was. So first off, we don't know. And the rule is that only one part of his body has to be behind. Yeah. I know. And so, yeah, no, I'm, let's, I'm stop being a crybaby. <laughs> so on the broadcast, they're like from the seven yard line, from the seven yard line. It was pretty clearly from the eight and it was across it. But yeah, I tweeted out from the FFT account last night. Whose matchup got decided on that final touchdown? 188 replies. All of them were either. I just won or I just lost. Yeah, no, it's huge. And, and like he's so clearly I don't know. I, I would feel real. I guess I would feel dumb if they had an angle where like he wasn't. But he, how could he not have been across the line? Of the screen? commissioner doesn't make a change because no, of this. no, you don't. It you happened. don't. Nothing happened. No, you can't change it. You can't change it. But man, that was some influential call in fantasy. Um, okay, sorry, sour grapes. I guess, but uh, you can't change anything. Favorite buy low. Favorite sell high. Heath, kick it off with a buy low. Yeah, I mean, besides Le'Veon Bell, no. I would say, um, and this, like we've said this a few times, but I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey, especially with the reports that it might be two more weeks now. If you are a uh, four-win team, a three-win team, and and that guy is under 500, or even if he's not, I would go see what it would take to get Christian McCaffrey. All right. What would you give up? Would you give up... Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But you got to be in the right situation to be giving up a starting running back right now to get McCaffrey, as you said. Uh, ben, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, okay. yeah, you've got to have four wins, or you've got to have a third running back. Like you might just have Kareem Hunt and Mike Davis, and it's not that difficult. Sure. Uh, ben, who's your favorite by low? It's Tyler Lockett. He was a wide receiver, too, in the first three weeks. The Seattle Seahawks threw for less than 220 yards last week. Big whoop. He didn't have a big game. Second straight game under 50 yards. Lockett managers are getting frustrated, but it's time to trade for him. He's one of the most efficient wide receivers in the NFL, and he doesn't need a ton of volume to be really good. And I think he's a surefire high-end wide receiver, too, for the rest of the year, if not a wide receiver one. Would you guys take Chris? Uh, would you guys take Tyler Lockett over the Buccaneers wide receivers rest of season? Yes, I I would prefer Godwin once he is on the field to Tyler Lockett, but we don't know anything about that injury. He was yeah, running at practice, so that that was a good good step for him. Uh, good to run. Yeah, it's nice to run. Yeah, so I've heard. Heath, how about you? Um. I would take, I would rank it Lockett, Godwin, Evans, yeah. Lockett, Godwin, Evans. All right, favorite sell high. Uh, ben, I'll start with you. Favorite sell high. Speak of the devil, Mike Evans. Six touchdowns. He's under 55 yards a game. Per Chris Towers, he's 66th in average depth of target per target. He was third last season. He's just not getting the downfield targets he needs. I'm selling high on Mike Evans. It's very interesting because he's been very productive. He's scored in every game. It's just like, yeah, because Chris talked about this on Fantasy Football Today in five. I'm, I don't know. Maybe the theory is just not the right connection with Tom Brady. Uh, not, you know, taking those deep shots. But 
what do you like? What do you think about Evans' rest of season if you're selling him? What are you trying to get for him? If I can get a high end wide receiver two or running back two, I'm doing it because I don't want to rely on a touchdown a week from a wide receiver. And his point total is very high, so you can sell him at that price. He does have two 100 yard games. I think Chris Godwin missed both of those games. Uh, Heath, what do you think about Evans? Um, I would sell high if someone viewed him as a, a, a number one wide receiver. I still think the same thing I did at the beginning of the year that he's, he's a number two, but he's also like, he ranks 12th right now. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure the production has been enough, even with all the touchdowns that someone's going to like, I would, I would agree if you could just sell him for Tyler Lockett, that would be the easiest thing. And I would do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and Heath, your favorite sell high. You know, it's this is like one of the weirdest times that I can remember for finding sell highs. Um, I don't love it at all. I would say that um, I would sell DK Metcalf if somebody, and there are lots of people who believe that he's just going to be a top five wide receiver, I think, rest of the season. That's what he's been. He's the number one wide receiver. Uh, well, number one in non-PPR. Number four in PPR PPR behind Hopkins, Thielen, and Calvin Ridley. He has 39 targets, which is not a huge number, um, but it's more than Tyreek Hill. But Hopkins has 53. Ridley has 50. Thielen has 44. Uh, okay, yeah, I mean, you got to be getting something credible for DK Metcalf, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming at this point you take Metcalf over Lockett. I would still take Lockett. Oh, you'd still take Lockett? I would. I'd prefer Metcalf, but I think they're neck and neck. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll have more. Well, well, let's just do more now. Ben had some good sell highs. Kenyon Drake? Yeah, so I had Kenyon Drake and Brandon Cooks. They're not sell high, sell highs, but they're guys I want to trade. Kenyon Drake ran terribly, found the end zone, though. He has six targets all year. Like, come on, this, he was a target monster last year when he went to Arizona. If you can get anything for Kenyon Drake in terms of a wide receiver three or running back three, I'm doing it in a second. Uh, you a running back three? Wait, what does that mean, like a running back? You're, so, you're like saying someone in the 20 to 30 range on our weekly rankings. You'd give up Kenyon Drake for that? Okay, Daryl Henderson. That's that's the guy that's in our 20 No, I, would, I can't range. do that. I don't want Kenyon Drake. I understand, but you got to get more. You're not really selling high if you're getting an RB3. It's like a kind of start. If you're selling high on Kenyon Drake, you have to get a guy that you feel like you're going to start every week. Because Drake's still dominating carries. You know, I, I had mentioned on, on Sunday's show that I felt like he was bouncing outside too much. And when he finally started to run up the middle, he had success. Three runs in a row. One of them was a touchdown. And so I read this this morning from Kent Somers in the Arizona Republic. Through five games, Drake hasn't looked like the dynamic player who gained 643 yards and rushed for eight touchdowns over the last eight games. He's averaging 3.7 yards a carry, about a yard less than last year. He's been indecisive too often, and his default has been to bounce runs outside, rather toward the end zone. Uh, Drake did it twice on one possession in the third quarter on Sunday. So that is what's happening with Kenyon Drake. He Maybe he learned his lesson. But this article was all about how Chase Edmonds has to get more work and how um, the coaching staff even acknowledged that Chase Edwards has, Chase Edmonds has to get more work. So I think it's a good sell high, Ben, but I don't 
think that you're selling high if you're getting an RB three. Like you got to get a Miles Gaskin. I would sell him for Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, most of these guys who we rank from twenty four to thirty, including Daryl Henderson and probably Miles. Yep, definitely Miles Gaskin. All of these guys have outscored Kenyon Drake this season. Right. Yeah, it might not be easy to trade him for them. Yeah, I don't think you're getting more than that. Well, then I wouldn't do it. Well, then you may have a depreciating asset on your hands that's going to be worth even less next week. I feel like Miles Gaskin should be ahead of Drake and Henderson. No, no, at least ahead of Henderson. Gaskin is the lead back, right? Right. I think, and that's the thing, and it depends on how you view Drake in relation to like the touches that Henderson and Gaskin are going to get because Drake's going to get 15. Let's say he just stays the same. He's going to get 15 carries a week. Um, He's going to struggle with red zone work because of Kyler Murray and Chase Edmonds is going to take the passing downs work. Right. Well, Daryl Henderson's even in this timeshare because the Rams are now the most run heavy team in the NFL is going to get close to 15 touches a week and seems like he might get more red zone work than Kenyon Drake. Or do you think they start going to Cam Akers more? I don't know. We don't have any indication. I would worry more about the Cardinals going to Chase Edmonds more than the Rams going to Cam Akers more. You, you were, like, yes. Chase Edmonds has earned touches. Right. Um, and then the, the thing with Gaskin is, like, yeah, he's going to get 20 touches in games they win. There might be three of those the rest of the year. And then, <laughs> then he's going to get 10 carries and five they're, they're catches. Not that and the, bad. And the, no, like realistically, that's not saying they're that bad. That would give them six six wins on the year. That's no, they're two that's and three. The, okay, so they might win four more the rest of the year. There you go. That was way off. Uh, <laughs> um. All right. Well, but at least, but at least Gaskin is pretty high PPR floor. He's catching passes every game. And right. Kenyon I Drake would rather have Gaskin Definitely. than Drake. Okay. I would too. Well, I mean, I think that's that's a fairly realistic trade you can do. Um. All right. I, I don't know. I just. Selling high, like Kenyon Drake is not useless. He's still, you said 15 carries a game. He's had more than that four times. But maybe the takeaway here is we should be buying low on Chase Edmonds because perhaps his time is coming where he gets more involved. And, uh, I, you know, it's just weird. It's weird that they're using Edmonds in ways that you feel like they should be using Drake, you know, um, in the passing game. Heath, you've pointed out he hasn't always been great in the passing game. But Well, we talked about this in the offseason. One of the things they did with David Johnson last year when he was having success is he was a lot of his work in the passing game was not coming when he lined up in the backfield. It was when he was lining up as a wide receiver. That was not something they did with Kenyon Drake last year. That was something they did with Chase Edmonds last year. This year they are doing it again with Chase Edmonds and they are not doing it with Kenyon Drake. So I don't like that part is not something where we would expect them to do that with Kenyon Drake because they didn't before. Would you guys like some free money? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, great. You, you're shopping online all the time. Everybody's shopping online these days. And that's where today's sponsor, Honey, comes in. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically applies the best one available at checkout. So it's basically your online shopping best friend. And how do you get it? It's so easy. It takes seconds. You go to get, uh, you go to joinhoney.com slash FFT. It's all free. Join honey.com slash FFT. Couple clicks and you've got Honey as a browser extension. And it's it's on over 30,000 supported sites. You're getting savings. So instead of you having to go and search for 
uh, coupon codes yourself. You just buy your products, and then when you're at checkout, Honey says, hey, I found these coupon codes. Let's see if any of them work. You're going to get the best price. Very simple concept. If you're not using it, I don't know why you're not using it. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. It has saved over 17 million members, over $2 billion, and Honey supports all kinds of retailers from tech and gaming sites to fashion brands to even food delivery. That's another one. When I order food online, Honey pops up and saves me some money. Sometimes it's $5. Sometimes it's $2, whatever it might be. Sometimes it's 20%. Uh, it doesn't really matter because you don't have to do anything. It's all easy and free for you. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free. It works with whatever browser you use. You can get Honey free today at joinhoney.com slash FFT. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's get into the game last night and Jamison Crowder. Got a lot of questions about Jamison Crowder. Which one would you guys like to do first? Talk about Crowder or talk about the game? I, uh, let's, let's do the game. Okay, let's do the game. Tennessee 42, Buffalo 16. Uh, big win for the Titans. They are 4-0. They are good. And I, You know, yeah. I'm not somebody who really likes Halloween and we've received some emails already this year about that again, but I did, I can still appreciate um, Josh Allen getting into the spirit of the season and turning back into a pumpkin. <laughs> he wasn't that bad. He saw no, some ghosts last night. He for wasn't sure. that good, but he wasn't that bad. I guess it was just a joke that I had thought of this morning. And so I had to do it. No, people uh, will be mad at me now, but email yeah. the day number two, actually Heath is from Tim in new Orleans. Can we revisit Heath's disdain for Halloween? What happened to Heath as a child that makes him so extra curmudgeonly toward his, this fantastic holiday? There's nothing fantastic about it at all. Did you like Halloween when you were growing up? Um, I guess. I don't have any great or terrible Halloween memories. Um, yeah. Well, are you thrilled this year that you don't have to like put any candy out or anything like that? Or go trick or treat. I don't ever put any candy out, Adam. I you turn, turn my the light off. off. Yeah, yeah. And I lock the door. <laughs> you lock um, the door. Well, they're gonna come in. Yeah. Where's candy? Keep your front door locked. Is the heathens? There's no telling what they'll do. <laughs> You've got costumes on. I don't understand. Like, what about when you're? What about when your kids are really little, and you have to yeah, dress them? That up? was the worst. Those were the worst years of Halloween. What do you mean? I'm are so you kidding. I, I, I am going to take my child, who's not even old enough to eat candy yet, around the neighborhood and show them what this child looks like dressed up in clothes that are not theirs, so that they can give candy to my child, which is really terrible for them and will form bad habits and probably make them go to the dentist. Um, oh, heaven forbid. Like, not, go to the dentist and feel pain. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Like, there's just nothing good about it at all. Oh, I'm so excited to dress up my son this year. Get, like, get a little Superman costume on. He's gonna you can do it. that right now if you would like. Well, you don't, don't have to wait for two more weeks. You just dress him up tomorrow. Dress him <laughs> I, up the next day. I guess I could. All right. Well, Ben, I hope you don't take Heath's advice on Halloween when you have kids. Uh, you know, think. No, Halloween's the best. Halloween's no great. Way. It's huh? wonderful. It's wonderful. It's on a Saturday this year. That's awesome. Except nobody's going to be doing anything. Okay, so anyway, give me your thoughts on Josh Allen with 19 fantasy points, his worst game of the year by far. Give me your thoughts on Ryan Tannehill, uh, who was still on the waiver wire as of last night in some leagues, 
and shouldn't be because he's you know, scored 35 points, and that's twice in his last three games, 34 or 35 fantasy points. Uh, Heath, give me your thoughts. Um, Josh Allen missed John Brown a little bit. I thought the Titans confused him a little bit with some of their uh, zone defenses. I continued a trend last night that I don't love. It's kind of the opposite of Kyler Murray. Um, Josh Allen's made a huge leap as a passer, and I I want to like clarify my all jokes aside, he is one of the reasons why I am a little bit less making fun of Daniel Jones this year than I than I would be, mm. um, because he's made he looks like a completely different passer. Yeah. But the rushing has just almost disappeared. Um, and so like, he just got over 100 yards rushing in that game last night. He's 10th amongst quarterbacks in rushing yards. Yeah. And more than half of them came in week one. He hasn't had 20 rushing yards in his last four games. So that, that part does concern me just a little bit. Um, because I don't know as much as he's improved as a passer, I don't know that he's actually going to be a top three fantasy quarterback if he's 10th in rushing yards. What about Tannehill, Ben? Uh, is he just a must-start, basically? He's not a must-start, but he is a quarterback one, and he has been efficient since the middle of last year. So it was great to see A.J. Brown back healthy, looked amazing. Jonu Smith is constantly going to be a red zone target. They have other tight ends, too, that they use. I really like Tannehill, and he should not be on any waiver wire at all. Jonu Smith is now in the discussion as the fifth best tight end might be him right if we're assuming kelsey kittle andrews waller uh would you guys yeah. rather have Ertz or johnny smith johnny johnny would you rat what the heck that this is a bad day for devin singletary um i really felt like the lot the uh, titans kind of dominated up front and, and tj yeldon was on the field way too much yeah he really was i mean they were trailing so that was part of it. You can't really look at the seven carries for 52 yards because he had a 34-yard run late, late, late in the game. That's TJ Yeldon. And he only had one catch. But Singletary, yeah, it was bad game script for him, and he, and he didn't do much. 11 carries for 25 yards, one carry for eight yards. So that was really disappointing. Do you have concerns about Devin Singletary going forward? Oh, I think he didn't run well in a game where they got dominated up front, but he is going to split, whether it's Yeldon, or Zach Moss, and I'm more scared when Zach Moss is back, but they showed they're willing to give a whole drive to TJ Yeldon in the first half, and then when they were down, it was a split. Singletary was on the field a lot when they were down, and he was running routes, but so was Yeldon. So Singletary's definitely not an RB2. He's going to split, but he is an efficient runner when there's space to run. Singletary or Drake? That's a good question. I'll take Drake. I, I don't like either. I, I don't have a great feel for it. I, I guess I would take Singletary um, in PPR and Drake in non-PPR, but uh, Chase Edmonds is coming for him. <laughs> How about you, Heath? He is. I, I don't like either. I think I'd probably take Singletary. Okay. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about Jamison Crowder then. Moving on to our next segment. We've got a lot of questions about him. Haven't talked about him enough. He's got three... Um, wait, real quick. We should oh, just yeah. say welcome back, A.J. Brown. You're awesome still. Oh, Ben sort of did say that. He said it was, I didn't hear him. It was nice to have A.J. Brown back. And yes. I, I welcomed him. Okay, welcome back. I don't have the music anymore, so I'll just sing it. Welcome back, A.J. Brown. Jamison Crowder, 22 catches on 33 targets in three games. 
10 or more targets, 78 catches each week, 335 yards. He has been over 100 yards every week. He has two touchdowns. He has a career high in yards per catch. His yak has been, um, has, is it, yeah, is it, what, I think it was, yeah, yak. His yak is very high. 7.7 7. 7 yards after catch. It was 7.32 years ago. It was only 4.6 last year. So he's obviously doing well. He has a 29.5% target share. But uh, Jameson Crowder has been uh, in the three games he's played. He's been one of the best wide receivers in football. He is notoriously streaky. I've mentioned it. I have it in my notes if you want to hear it. You probably don't, but he's done this before. I've got three times, 2016, 17, and 19, where he had a three, four, or six-game stretch of just awesomeness and followed it up with crappiness immediately after. Heath, is it different this year for Jamison Crowder? Well, I don't, I don't know, and maybe I do want to. I don't want to hear it, but I, I, would, I have some questions about it. Like, I don't want you to read off all the stuff. Okay. But has he had a three, four, six game stretch where he was over a hundred yards in every game? I think no. Okay. Has he had a three, four, six game stretch where he was double digit targets every game? Also, I don't think so. I'll, I'll okay. double. So it down. seems like this time's different, is what I would say. Um, I he is not. There are things about this that I believe, and there are things that I do not believe. We could do a whole, believe it or not, on Jamison Crowder. Okay. Um, do I believe that he, on a per-game basis, can be one of the most targeted players in football? Absolutely. He's a slot-wide receiver playing for Adam Gase. This is the one position on a football field that gets better when Adam Gase is the coach. Um, do don't, I forget believe... the, don't forget the other de- the other defense gets a lot better. Like The, the, the other defense gets a lot better as well. That's yeah. correct. <laughs> do I believe he's going to continue um, leading the NFL in yards per game as he does right now at 111.7? No, <laughs> I do not. I do not believe that he will average 15.2 yards per reception, which he currently is. Right. He's had a couple of long plays, and those you should not expect him to repeat them. So let's say he was just averaging 12, which is closer to his average, um, you lose 70 yards off that. Like if he was at 22 for 260 with two touchdowns, we'd look at him a little bit differently. But he, I, I feel very little doubt that he is a top 20 wide receiver in PPR on a per-game basis the rest of the way. To, um, to I answer your questions. Top 10. Okay, to answer your questions... The closest he came to three straight 100-yard games was three out of four. And then he followed that up with some, some lousiness. And Well, I guess he had, yeah, three out of four 100-yard games. Then he had 88 yards, and then 42, 37, 24, 3, and 16. Uh, and then the following year, he did not have three straight games with double-digit targets, but he did have 13, 11, then 8, then 10. Uh, and then he followed that up with relative crappiness. So, you know, he's flirted. He's never had a stretch quite this good, but he's been close twice. Uh, the target share also, 29.5% is, is really high. I mean, that's what elite wide receivers get sometimes. Do you think Perryman or Mims coming back could affect Jamison Crowder? They threw the ball 11 times to Jeff Smith last yeah. week. And that's definitely a creative player name. Um I do not believe that they will have a huge... I think he was at 27% in the games that Darnold played last year when he and Darnold were both healthy. I He's at 29%. I'd probably guess 27% for the rest of the year. Okay. 
All right. So don't be so quick to sell Jamison Crowder. Would you rather have Kenyon Drake or Jamison Crowder? Crowder. Yeah, for sure. Let's do some more news and notes. Chris Godwin did some running in practice. The Saints may may play their home games at LSU's Tiger Stadium, which is an outdoor venue. They're not allowed to have fans inside. They would be able to have some fans if they played at Tiger Stadium. With the whole narrative about the Drew Brees being, you know, indoors much better, uh, would this negatively affect Drew Brees in your opinion? No. What about your narrative of Drew Brees feeding off the fans? <laughs> the one that doesn't. That was Ooh. a joke. Um, I think it would help. The Saints, I mean, I don't know if it would help in fantasy, but yeah. They, I don't think it matters at all. You don't think this matters? Okay. It would be really, really bad for Drew Brees if they played some games outside and it was raining or windy. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Other Doug, than that, it probably doesn't matter. Doug, by the way, Drew Brees, a buy low for Ben Schrager. About to talk about that. Doug Peterson said this about Zach Ertz. Quote, obviously, defenses know exactly where he's going to be, and they'll usually put a corner or a safety on him, and will sometimes double him. Sometimes double him. Keep that in mind. They give him a lot of respect. And within this article here from ESPN, they mentioned that uh, there's been no notable drop-off in his speed, which consistently tops out just shy of 18 miles per hour, according to NFL Next Gen Stats. Ertz's separation on routes is about the same as well, 2.79 yards on average when the ball arrives this season, compared to 2.70 in 2019. So in terms of speed and separating from defenders, no drop-off for Zach Ertz this year, according to next-gen stats per ESPN. Uh, the one thing they did say is his yards after catch, his yak has gone way down. Uh, I don't know what to make of this, but people want to know what the heck is going on with Zach Ertz. And Ben, what is your take? You can't drop him, but Wentz has no time to throw, and Ertz is not the guy who's open, and Ertz is not the guy who's downfield for Wentz to just heave it up to. So it's tough. You're probably starting him, but I'll start Robert Tanyan over him, Gasecki, definitely Jonu Smith. So that you hopefully have better options, but you can't sell Zach Ertz. And I don't want to buy him either because I doubt I have doubts in his future for this year. He could be terrible for the rest of the year. I, I don't like doing this when Dave's not here um, because he was help, responsible for helping create it. But this is 100% Joe Boo game for Zach Ertz this week. <laughs> Um, is it and though? I because think, because like it's Baltimore this week, and then after that, it's like I think the Giants and the Cowboys. Baltimore's been really bad against tight ends, right? Uh, you know what? You are right about that. Um, the other thing I, I will say, kind of to, to to Ben's point, Carson Wentz the two years prior was around eight intended air yards per attempt. Uh, he's over nine this year. Down the field is like Deckerts certainly doesn't have time to get down the field. Um, and he doesn't go there anyway. So right. that's uh, there's too many downfield shots. Okay. So who's tight end five rest of the season? He looks at Zach Ertz and he sees he's not open. He's like, Fulgham. <laughs> <laughs> who's tight end five right now? Who'd Johnny. you take? Johnny? Johnny Smith. Okay. All right. Uh, Miami lost a starting defensive tackle, likely after the season. I think this might be a rotational player, but... Um, Lost a defensive tackle. Deontay Johnson limited to begin the week and or will be limited to begin the week. And Vita Vea, we knew this from last week, uh, from Thursday night, but Vita Vea, Tampa Bay defensive tackle, out for the season. Be interested to see how, how big of a drop-off there is. It's one of the best run defenses in the NFL. He's a big part of it. They still have some depth there. They still have some pieces, um, but we shall see the impact there. All right, back to buy low and sell high. We also have your emails and your Apple podcast questions and a very weird show because there's no Thursday night preview. Who else are we buying low on? Ben. 
Joe Mixon is a guy who I want to buy low on because all game long fantasy managers this week were like, oh, this is the bad Joe Mixon again. He can't run. There's no room. Uh, he's not going to score. He played 76% of the snaps, 14 targets in the last two games compared to Gio Bernard's two targets, whereas Gio was the target leader in the first three games. And if I can get him for any RB2 or wide receiver two, I'm doing it. I still want Joe Mixon, but people were frustrated with his usage and he didn't catch the ball much until they're towards the end of the game. And people were very frustrated with his usage until the end of the game. So I think you can buy low on Joe Mixon. Do you want to wait until after the Colts game? The Colts are third against running backs, running backs averaging 3.73 yards per carry. Kareem Hunt, the only running back with more than 63 rushing yards against the Colts, and he didn't exactly light it up. He had 20 carries for 72 yards. Do you want to wait another week? You can. You definitely can. But I think his usage should be about the same against the Colts. I think he will still be involved in the pass game, and he may not be efficient, but I do want a piece of Joe Mixon as soon as possible. I agree wholeheartedly with everything. This might be the most optimistic I've been about Joe Mixon in his NFL career. What if he has, you know, one catch next week and Gio has three, you know, or this week? That would that would make me less optimistic, yeah. Adam. Then I, I wouldn't want to trade for him. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, how do we know that? How do we know that two straight games with six catches was well a trend? It's the and most just... targets he's ever had in a six a two game stretch in his career. Mm-hmm. So. That's that's all we know. That's good. Uh, yeah, and there's been so many calls to get him more involved in the passing game. Uh, ben also says buy low on Terry McLaurin. I agree with that one too. He stole my as Pete Prisco would say. Ben copied off my paper. <laughs> uh, but are people like down on Terry McLaurin just coming off a bad game? Coming off a bad game, he looked bad with Alex Smith because Alex Smith looked bad. I don't think Alex Smith is going to be the quarterback this week or at all for the rest of the year. I think he is totally fine with Kyle Allen. Look, seven plus targets in the last six games for McLaurin. I want Terry McLaurin and people are down on him and they're down on that Washington offense as a whole. So I'd love to trade for him right now. And I don't think you could trade for him at this level of price for the rest of the year. The schedule is finally letting up. He has had so many tough cornerback matchups. Giants, Cowboys, by Giants, Lions, Bengals, Cowboys. Um, yes, the Giants have one very good cornerback. He doesn't shadow wide receivers, but you it's know, just so much better now. There's McLaurin. a couple of guys who I don't really want to sell high on, but I do think they are sell highs. It's Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson. And I think it's a possibility you could turn one of those guys into Terry McLaurin. Okay. Drew Brees is another guy that Shraggy B wants to uh, buy low. Come at, going he did into his not buy. copy this one off my paper. Okay. Oh, not not agreeing. He's going into the bye week. I think he is constantly looking for that short slot, six, seven-yard pass, and it's not there because Michael Thomas isn't on the field. And then he dumps off to Kamara, and then whoop-de-doo, Kamara either breaks it for a big run or does nothing. He needs Michael Thomas to produce, and I think he's a startable fantasy quarterback when Michael Thomas is back, and people are ready to drop him. Here's the thing that my concern he's scored 21 and a half fantasy points per week. He's not been particularly bad. The game has changed. Um, at 21 fantasy points per week is not good anymore. Well, yeah, that's why he's a buy low, and he's no, done that I, without I, Michael Thomas. I don't think um, I don't think Drew Brees' profile 
and I expect the Saints to be a, a, a pretty conservative offense, and he doesn't run. And so I don't think his profile is that of more than a low. Like, if the buy low is someone dropped him and you're picking him up, yeah. I mean, in on that, sure. Um, if it's giving up something at a different position, I just think he's not going to be a difference maker. He was last year, though. I mean, yeah, second he, half of last year, top three quarterback points per game, and he wasn't doing anything more than I expect him to do with Michael Thomas. He didn't have the arm strength last year either. He he was. Th- they were throwing a lot more last year, right? You know, yeah, I'm not they had sure. Michael Thomas. I'm not sure about <laughs> that. Um, what, what was he through? I think he threw like 37 times per game last year, which was higher than the previous two years. What's he at this year? Um. All over the place, 30, 38, 36, 25, 47. Right, so it's probably about the same. Um, you know what, I was just looking at pass. I'll tell you right now where the Saints rank in pass attempts per game. Dallas, Cincinnati. Uh, they are 14th, 35.6 per game. Let's see where they were last year. Sorry, I hope this is exciting for people. They were 15th, 36.2 pass attempts per game. Breeze, I think, was a little higher than that. Bridgewater had was was lower. Uh, so right in the middle of the pack again, slightly less than last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, so if, you don't, you don't you see, think... you don't see that opportunity for him to be great again, like for him to light it up. Cause Sanders is clicking right now. You got Camara. I mean, cook is a good weapon. And then you bring back Michael Thomas, uh, you know, why not? Why not be awesome again? He's you know, just, I don't know. Cause, cause he doesn't, well, run. I would wonder what his, um, and I guess it probably would fare okay. Like his production last year on a per game basis would probably be like sixth right now compared to the other quarterbacks. Um, but I think he also did that with like an 8% touchdown rate, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. That's that's a you thing. That's a me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't should, know his touchdown rate off the top of my head. All right. So Drew Brees, a little disagreement there. Heath, any other bylaws? Um, yeah, I'm sure there are. Mm-hmm. Probably, but, yeah. David Montgomery, um, are we are we hesitant to say that now because of the Le'Veon Bell situation? I'm not as concerned about that. I would still buy. Like, I guess if you could buy low on him, he didn't give you good yardage, um, but he scored a touchdown and caught a bunch of passes again. I would be very happy to buy low on David Montgomery. Okay, Chase Edmonds, you could probably get for fairly cheap. Um, Problem with Chase Edmonds is he did score. Three rushing attempts, but he did score, so that, it does hurt. It seems like everyone who has Chase Edmonds in my leagues is looking at him and seeing the very, very high ceiling and the great possibilities because it was reinforced this week with a touchdown, what a, even though we saw the usage wasn't there on the ground I, game. I would buy low on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I uh, still think he's going to be better than he's been so far. And, and I made a point. I made the point last week. I'm going to make the point again. If you got a lead running back who's on pace for more than 300 touches and six, 1,650 yards, but he's just not scoring, that sounds like a buy low to me, and that's Clyde edwards Zeller. If you're worried about the Le'Veon Bell situation, I guess I could understand that. But, you know, the workhorse running back for the Chiefs, he's just, you got to say he's been unlucky with touchdowns. And he had one called back last week. So is it a buy low in the sense that you're giving up somebody that you, like, you have to pay up, but... I think there's an opportunity for great production there from Clyde Edwards-E there. Do you guys feel like he will get the touchdowns? Do you think that that's just not his role and he's going to suffer? It's still his role. Like That's the thing. 
it's you're not worried because it's not his role. They're giving him those touches. He's just failing. Um, so I I would still I would I would agree with you. I think he's a buy low. Um, I think he'll be better than what he's been so far in terms of fantasy production. I worry a little about the Le'Veon Bell thing. That's mostly just who knows where Le'Veon's going to go. I worry a little that the next short yardage touch is not his. Like we're getting to the point to where that becomes a concern. Did he fail again this week? Yes, he had a carry from the two, and it was like a toss right or something, or it was a carry to the right, and he bounced outside and got tackled at the two. Oh, okay. Well, I it wasn't his fault. You see that play? Come on, no chance. Yeah. Uh, if we have any sell highs, go for it. I think we gave uh, Kenyon Drake, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks for Ben. Uh, Todd Gurley. Todd, oh yeah. So Todd Gurley coming off his best game. Get yeah. rid of him. And he's uh, like he's currently got more fantasy points than Clyde edwards helaire and Jonathan Taylor. And he's got the name. I don't know what you can get for Todd Gurley. You can't get as much, obviously, in our leagues as you would like to. But I think in a lot of leagues, you see Todd Gurley's name. You see top 10 running back. You see all these touchdowns. I think you might get somebody to pay up for him. All right. I'm gonna, I got a bunch of guys here that I want to talk about. And uh, a lot of them fall into this category of they're rostered in a bunch of leagues, but they're not started in a lot of leagues. So, obviously, there are question marks each week. Ronald Jones will be one of them when Leonard Fournette is truly you know, healthy, ready to go. But I'm sure he was started in a lot of leagues last week. So uh, just tell me how much you trust them, how you feel about them. Ronald Jones with um, really pretty good matchups coming up. Green Bay, maybe Las Vegas. And uh, I don't know how good of a matchup that is. Depends on their health, I guess. And the Giants after that. Um, and but Carolina looming not long after that. But anyway, look, Ronald Jones... He already has three carries of 20-plus yards. He's He's been good enough, but we know the history there. How much do you trust Ronald Jones? On the trust-ometer, I would put Ronald Jones around a six. I'm starting him. like I'm expecting Leonard Fournette to be back this week, and I would rather start Ronald Jones than Melvin Gordon. I'd rather start him than David Johnson. I'd certainly rather start him than Kenyon Drake. So he's a must-start this week. I wouldn't call him a must-start because there's three guys, um, Mike Davis, Alexander Madison, four, James Robinson, Kareem Hunt, um, that I would start over him. Okay. In general, rest of season, do you think Ronald Jones is going to be a reliable fantasy running back? I don't, but... To Heath's point, I think we start him until we see that Fournette is being used a bit more. I I have a feeling that it's not going to be the Ronald Jones show for the rest of the year, but while it is the Ronald Jones show, I do want to start him. Daryl Henderson. This is the quote from Sean McVay. How that workload is distributed is kind of something that we get a feel for as the week unfolds, and then really, in a lot of instances, as the game's unfolding. Oh, that's great. By the way, Henderson... This probably shouldn't matter too much. Just going to say that because these are going to change throughout the year. But right now, you look at his his schedule rest of season, the Rams running schedule. They all, they have six matchups against teams that are in the top 10 um, in fantasy points allowed. I guess that's not the best way. That are like among the 10 best in fantasy points allowed. So San Francisco, Seattle, Tampa Bay, uh, basically tough matchups. They have six left on their schedule. Um, they don't have a great schedule on paper. I'm just going to throw that out there. You know, things can change, obviously. But how much, how, if, if Ronald Jones is what, a six you said on the Trustometer Heath, where's Daryl Henderson? Two and a half. Um, he is right at that range, and I imagine he will stay there. 
unless Cam Akers actually takes the job at some point where he's the bridge currently. Um, you don't have an RB2, you start Daryl Henderson. Okay. How about Tom Brady, Ben? How confident? How, where's Tom Brady on the trustometer for you? Uh, three. I think Brady can be a barely startable quarterback one. He can score touchdowns. He's not throwing the ball downfield. You know, Godwin comes back. Fournette comes back. Great. I'm probably starting Tom Brady, but I don't trust him much. He's not running, obviously. And there are a ton of really good quarterbacks. I'd rather have Minshew for the rest of the year than Brady. Oh, Heath, you agree? Well, obviously. Um, but I'm starting Tom Brady with with relative confidence this week. Um, it'll be a, it's kind of a he's in that range. I, I would say the same range as Drew Brees, where there'll be some weeks where I'll rank him as a top ten quarterback, and there'll be some weeks where he's outside my top fifteen. But um, I I would I'd rather have Minshew, of course. But sure. I yeah. I, I got Brady right next to Fitzpatrick this week, and Fitzpatrick's the number one streamer. So Okay, they got Green Bay this week. Tampa, that's an interesting game, Green Bay and Tampa Bay. I mean, they are throwing the ball a ton. Six most pass attempts per game in the NFL, so that is good. And he hasn't had Chris Godwin, so hopefully, you know, gets on track, with uh, gets better with Chris Godwin. He hasn't been that bad either. Uh, Raheem Mostert, how much do you trust Raheem Mostert? And on the tr- trustometer, trustometer, whatever we're calling it. Yeah, he, he's getting the full workload when healthy, plus involvement in the passing game is a lot higher than we expected than what he had last year. So I don't care what kind of matchups he has coming up. I don't care about anything at this point. Mostert's a must-start for me. Okay. Yeah, I think he's pretty close to a, mo- a, a most-start. Uh, nine. <laughs> How much do you trust Devontae Freeman? He has uh, six catches in his last two games, 28 carries in his last two games. He's obviously the starting running back for the Giants. Uh, Whoop-de-doo. How much do you trust Devontae Freeman? Um, Just behind Daryl Henderson, so a two. Actually, I probably trust him more. I think he's higher on the trustometer, but lower on the startometer. Yeah, I agree with that. He's a four. I trust him to be a high-end flex on a weekly basis. And if he scores a touchdown, he'll be a number two running back. But he plays for the Giants. And they're awful. So, like, the worst. (laughs) Except for the other team in New York. Yeah, the Jets are worse. Uh, How much do you trust Devontae Parker, 0-10? to He only has one game with more than 69 yards this year. Um, How much do you trust Devontae Parker? Seven and a half, eight. I still trust him. I, I don't care too much. I'll throw away this pass game. But he's still their number one. Fitzmagic's still going to sling it. And, you know, Preston Williams had a great game this week, but hasn't done much otherwise. So I'm trusting Devontae Parker as a startable wide receiver, too. Yeah, six to seven. You're probably starting in most weeks. I trust Jamison Crowder more. I trust Robbie Anderson more, but I trust Parker. Would you rather have Crowder and Anderson over Devontae Parker? I would. I'd rather have Anderson with Parker than Crowder. That comes down to the um, like the consistency of Parker's targets this year have been a little bit maddening. I, I think injury has something to do with it, right? Injury I mean, he, has. he left week one. This was the week that was weird. He only had three targets. Fitzpatrick threw only twenty eight passes, but he but wasn't hurt against Jacksonville, right? He was playing hurt. Uh, they were showing it. He was kind of hobbling through the game, and he's always managing to produce basically. I think he's an outstanding player. He's caught 26 of 32 targets. I'm just concerned about Tua at some point. 
If you told me Fitzpatrick was going to be the starter rest of the season, I mean, I'd I would he, he'd be a ten for me. I'd start Parker hands down every week. I think he'd be awesome, and I agree with Ben's ranking of Anderson, Parker, Crowder. Um, the two of things scares me a little bit, but I don't know. There's not much you can do about that. It's just a guessing game. There's no indication they're going to him anytime soon. Um, Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown's on pace for over a thousand yards and 115 targets. That's awesome. But uh, you know he's been a little up and down. How much do you trust Marquise Brown? Five and a half. Four. That's it, huh? He's not going to get red zone targets, but it doesn't matter for him maybe because he gets big touchdowns or big almost touchdowns. So I think he's kind of in that Will Fuller range. I would trust him more in um, non-PPR. But in full PPR, I mean, you look at his catch totals, five, five, two, four, six. Yeah. And the six that he had in week five was the second time in his career that he's had more than five catches in a game. Right. He's on pace for 70 catches, which is not not a lot. 1,021 yards, which will take, and only three touchdowns. You know, if he was on, if, if he had had maybe one more touchdown this year, people would be thinking differently. He's had a couple of almost touchdowns. Um, encouraging, at least in the last two games, 86 yards, 77 yards for Marquise Brown. Uh, and how much do you trust T.Y. Hilton? What? Well, I'm just picking players who are owned, or rostered in a lot of leagues and not started in a lot of leagues. Yeah, he's in a different category from the rest of these guys. T.Y. Hilton, I and I wrote about this in the wide receiver preview this week, he's the one guy in that group of absolutely awful veteran wide receivers that I don't want to drop. So I agree with you guys that are holding on to him. But this is not someone that we're struggling each week trying to decide whether we start anymore. This is someone that is stashed at the very darkest, deepest corner of our bench. where There's no chance that we're taking him off the bench. He doesn't even have his helmet right now. We're just sitting him over there and waiting for him to give us some reason in practice to play him. Okay. And finally, how much was that reason? The 10 targets this week. That that was not enough. Philip rivers throwing the ball to him does not constitute yet. I mean, he's had opportunities. That's the thing. Like, you know, about almost touchdowns. He has one out every week, Um, multiple pass interferences, a couple of touchdowns dropped. It's not just been a Philip rivers is bad thing. In that in terms of that specific connection, it's mostly been a T.Y. Hilton has been awful thing. Uh, Darius Slayton, how much do you trust Darius Slayton? Two big games, three pretty bad ones. 22% target share. Shepard coming back maybe sometime soon. Probably not this week. How much do you trust Darius Slayton? Two? Uh, so, no, I would say six. Six until Shepard comes back. Maybe it falls to a four once Shepard comes back. But, like, he's been kind of their only good player. Yeah, I think I think that's fair to say. He's the only giant with more than 147 receiving yards in five games. He's the only giant averaging more than 30 receiving yards. I mean, it's just pathetic. But, you know, weeks two, three, and four were pretty lean for Darius Slayton. So maybe you just have to pick the matchups. Uh, but also like, like his weeks two, three, and four don't look much different than um Devontae Parker. I knew you were gonna weeks, say there say that. Except but, that he scored two touchdowns in one game instead of spreading those touchdowns out. Like if he would have had the touchdowns in the fifty and forty yard games and he had two hundred yard games and two other games with touchdowns, then you'd say, Man, Devontae Parker's been pretty good every week. Uh, Slayton. Yeah, I just I think the injuries have had a lot to do with it for for Parker. But no, I mean you 
Right. The numbers are probably pretty similar right now, right? 365 yards. Let's see what Parker has. 329 yards on 26 catches for Parker and 23 catches for 365 yards for Slayton. So, yeah, I mean, the numbers are similar. All right, I, uh, I want to make sure we read our questions here. Apple Podcast questions. Let's go through these quickly from J.S. Dale. Uh, grade the trade. Give Mike Evans and Damian Harris. Get Josh Jacobs. 10 out of 10. Yeah, B. 10 out of 10. Wow. Yeah, interesting B. grade. Okay, from AdVX, grade the trade. Get DeAndre Par- De- Devontae Parker and DeAndre Swift. Give my RB4 Melvin Gordon. So give up Gordon, get Parker and Swift. C. B minus. From Hopeful Lions fan. I lost Dak Prescott. Give James Robinson for Josh Allen. Mm. That's an A. I don't want to do it. A, really, I'm in. Well, it just depends on a couple of things. I would say in a vacuum, C minus. Um, if jo- if James Robinson is your is your fourth running back or even your third running back, and then it gets better. If good quarterbacks are not on your waiver wire, then it gets better. So um, he actually has uh, the grade's not as good because he has Tannehill. And Tannehill, like he has Stafford and Tannehill. He has Kamara, Montgomery, he has and Stafford Gibson. and Tannehill. Yeah, this is now a D. Yeah, it's not as good when you, but, but I do really believe that if you don't have an elite quarterback, you're in trouble this year. It's going to be hard to win without one. Right. I just what, what's difficult to parse, is how much more elite for the rest of the year is Josh Allen going to be than Ryan Tannehill and Matthew Stafford. Yeah, because like, right. if we go last five games, then it looks like he's going to be a lot more. If we go last ten games, then it looks like they're kind of the same. Well, I'm not going back to last year. Well, I, obviously that that doesn't even matter anymore. No, he, it it really doesn't. I mean, they're a completely different offense. He well, has Stephon it matters Diggs. to Stafford and Tannehill, doesn't it? For Tannehill, it does. But, yeah, like uh, Stafford's no, no, no. last I, it matters for them. Games. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter for Josh Allen, but yeah, I thought that's what you meant. Uh, right. No, it does. Right. Okay. So it matters for, for Stafford. He was really good. Uh, he was like third per game last year. And, and, and Tannehill was like fourth, right? Or second. I think Breeze was second, technically. Well, Tannehill, you, the problem is he had two games where he came in relief right. for more. You isolate that last half of the season, yes. do some Azer stats. Yes. Tannehill was top three. Okay. Yeah. All right, so probably don't do it. See what you got with Tannehill. From Beto, 0417, grade the trade, give up Zeke. Get Godwin and Connor. Give up Zeke. Get Godwin and Connor. Half PPR. It looks like it's receive Zeke. Give Godwin oh, and thank Connor. You. Thank you. Give Godwin and Connor. Get Zeke. I still don't know. It's still very close and probably depends on your depth. Uh, I, yeah, I cannot um, see. You can't I'm see. I'm say see just because I can't come to any conclusion. Right. People are so are like really giving up on James Conner on Twitch. How many James Conner questions did we get last night? I what think what do you mean giving up on? I, a lot of people are like, should I sell Conner now? Should I trade? They're worried about him. He didn't have a lot of you know. He didn't have a great game last week. They're worried about him getting injured. They're worried about seeing Anthony McFarland get carries on the opening drive, stuff like that. Uh, I'm sensing a lot of fantasy concerns about James Conner. And he's been better on a like. Than Clyde Edwards Elaire, than Jonathan Taylor um, on a per game basis. 
just yeah. about the same as Mixon, which I, he's at the good. beginning of the year was what we talked about. He's just about the same as Mixon. He's been just about the same as Mixon? Man, that's, that's Mixon's one, played five that's games one has, game of Mixon. What's that? That's one big game of Mixon. I, I think, you know, season long, I feel like Connor's been more reliable than Mixon. For sure. And if I'm draft, who are you drafting first, Mixon or Connor, if you're drafting again today? Mixon. But I'm it's really take, close. I'm probably taking Connor. I had them really close um, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, I'd probably take Connor. One more question from Big Mac. Grade the trade. Give Miles Sanders, Mike Evans, and Zach Moss. Sanders, Evans, and Moss. Get McCaffrey and Ridley. Hey. 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 Well, like you're giving up Miles Sanders and maybe not getting McCaffrey for another couple of weeks. So you're cool with that, though? I prefer, if you're three and two, I prefer McCaffrey over Miles Sanders. All rest right. of season. Listen, I'm sorry to yeah. get to emails today. Um, appreciate your Apple Podcast questions. I'll try to respond to some emails in my inbox. I have been doing that this morning and last night. So uh, thanks a lot to Ben Schrager and to Heath Cummings. I am Adam Azer. We've got starter sit for the AFC home games coming up tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.